Just for the record, that's not my heart beating right before, but uh, some, sometimes it, it could be, but this isn't one of those days. But uh, it's good to see you, and we're in this series. Um, it's actually really one series, but it's like the second half of one big series. It's kind of like we're doing things from the inside out. And so the first half of the series is we love our church, and we continue to do that. But right now we're in week three of we love our city, or I love my city. It can be you know, an individual's kind of statement. It can be collectively our statement, and we do both. And so the idea this fall is that we would truly understand as we're kind of rebuilding. We have this church of 128 years of history, and I've only been in this lead role for about six months, but we're, we're not forgetting the past, but we're trying to really bring clear in the present, what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a cross-pointer? What does it mean to be uh, Christ-like in our community? And so that's really the point of it all. And I mentioned how prayer would become uh, a really important component of this. And so a couple weeks ago, we went through the Lord's Prayer, and we specifically were praying, uh, similar to saying, you know, our Father in heaven, we're praying may or will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, I asked us, what if we made it a little bit more personal? We personalized it individually to say, our father, or you could say my father, would you have your will in my heart as it is in heaven? And then could we pray together in our church, in our city? And so as we expand here, here's the point. And this is really uh, the, the action that you've been waiting for. And if you look, and those of you online, uh, sometime you're going to have to come into the lobby to see this, but you can, we'll give you some instructions on how we can help you with this. But as you look in the lobby, there's two things. There's one that says, we love our church, and I can kind of peek out the door and see it. And what it is, it's a logo. It, it represents our church, but what really is our church is not the place, but the people. And so that's why our faces are all over that. It's a reminder, this is our church and then some because there's some faces that might not appear on there as new people come in and that's great but it, it's a reminder that it's people but then when we look at the map on the other side I can see it out there perhaps in the last week you've seen that there's a cross point logo of pins I think just uh, just yesterday someone mentioned how like someone took a lot of time to get that there yes and we're going to make a mess of the time that they spent on that but I'm going to explain let me explain what we're going to do and then I'll give you some examples of how we're going to do it you ready for this? You guys are awake. The extra hour served you well. Anyone else? Praise God for that extra hour. Yes, amen. Yes and amen. It's the spring one that I don't like. That one, it's like, oh, come on. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I need the extra. Not, not, don't, don't steal an hour from me. Give me an extra hour as often as you can. Here's what we're going to do together. Crosspoint, you ready? Crosspoint is going to pray for every person on every street in every school, at every business, until we've prayed for every one in Fredericton. Not everyone one word, but as we learned a couple weeks ago, as Jonah was going to Nineveh and the Lord's trying to bring up, you know, there's 120,000 people in, in Nineveh. Shouldn't I care for these people who don't know their left hand from their right? And it is 120,000 you know, in our greater community, there would be approximately that number. But here's what I mean. There's one person, and then there's another one person, and there's another one person, and that adds up. But we're not talking about a number or just simply the map, but we're thinking specifically. And so that's why I'm asking us to pray this month for every person on every street, in every school, at every business, until every one 
is prayed for in Fredericton. And who knows what would happen when, when that happens. But I've been out at the map with several of you, and I, I, I've, I've shown you how, like, I, I'm on this side, and I drive, and, and usually I cross at least two rivers to get to the church, depending on if the Marysville Bridge is closed or not. And I usually wait there for several minutes longer than maybe I want to, and that's because I prayed for patience. And so when you pray for patience, you know, you get the idea. But what I'm going to do on my little street, I'm going to start there. And, and it, it really, there's only 10 homes there, but I'm, I'm going to start. And so I'm going to pray for my street because I live there. But I also have a neighborhood across the street that I walk the dog through. And so one of the things that I'm going to do, this is practical. If you have to go for a walk or you like to go for a walk or a run, you could do this prayerfully. Uh, instead of having those white things in your ears, I'm going to probably leave those out for this particular occasion. And as I'm walking the dog, I'm going to be praying on every street across my neighborhood. And what we can do, there's some other examples whether it's your street or if you're in a particular building, uh, pray for the, your, your floor, the floor that you're on. Pray for your immediate neighbors, but then, then even more, uh, what if we prayed for our entire neighborhoods? Um, for those of you that are at school, you either serve at a school or you're still going to school. While you're at school, take a break and, and pray. And just a bonus little piece of, of info on that, some of us pray for the boldness, and we've talked about this before, of how when someone's like, I need prayer, and you're like, yeah, I'll pray for you, and then you walk away, it's like, what if, here's a what if, yeah, what if right now I prayed for you? And that could be an encouragement that you would have the boldness to do that and pray Jesus' name wherever you are. What if when you're at work, you have a break, or, or maybe it's a coworker brings something up. Quite often this happens where they bring up a concern. Well, what a great opportunity. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm praying for you now. And what if you jotted it down? What if while you're at the hospital, uh, anyone be, been in a waiting room recently? Uh, I mean, I know we're on waiting lists. That's another story that I can't get into. But we, when we're in waiting rooms, what if we're praying for the people that you don't know, that heartbeat from earlier, it might be a little bit faster for the person sitting across from you. What if you were doing that? At the mall, did you know you could pray at the mall? There's some mall walkers here. I, I've seen you. I've seen you. Maybe a little bit more pre-COVID. But uh, what if when you're for, going for a walk, going for a drive, here, here's an idea. Seniors, you always jump on these things quickly. And I know you're already praying. Even if you're from home, by the way, even if you um, aren't getting out, you, you can pray. You can call someone. I know that you are already doing this. But what if one day after Seniors Connect on a Tuesday... Someone keep their eyes open when they're driving, please. But what if you drove through a particular neighborhood and prayed for that neighborhood on your way to lunch? What if you did that? I know that Kenzie's going to explain to youth leaders, youth and parents, a plan that he has for a couple weeks from now on a youth night. I won't spoil that, but they have a great idea of how they're going to do this. You can go solo, you can take your dog, or you can go together. And so what if this month, that was our challenge? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take those pins that currently represent that Crosspoint logo on the map. And so my street, you're going to see a pin there after I, I've pray, I always pray for them, but I'm going to specifically pray for them in this moment. And so, uh, Father, would your will be done on my street as it is in heaven? What, what would happen in my own heart if I started seeing my neighbors differently and, and in yours? And so when I walk by that neighborhood, you know, maybe not every single street, but I want to represent that neighborhood. And, and here's the bonus. Some of you live on the same court, or some of you live on the same drive, or the same crescent, or the same lane. Well, you can pray, and you can double up there if, if you so desire. And for those of you that live beyond Fredericton proper, we have something out there uh, for you. And, and what we're talking about 
is like if you live in Hanwell or Maserol Settlement or in New Maryland or Ormocto or Peniac, guess what? You can pray for those too, and please do. Uh, we invite you as you're in Fredericton to pray in Fredericton. That's where our church is. But what we'll do, whether you call into us or email, uh, we'll write it down on, on one of those cards and we'll post it in the general area beyond the map. And so if Pastor John's praying for, for Beulah, as I mentioned last week, he's like, where am I on the map? And he went over to the hello desk and he's like, I think I'm over here. I might not stick it to the hello desk, but you get the idea. And so we're going to pray for wherever you live as well. But wouldn't it be awesome that by the end of this month, before we go into the next season, that we looked at the map and it's just covered. And what used to be, what has little pinholes for a Crosspoint logo is now spread out across because we're going to pray for everyone in our city until every one has been prayed for. Are you in? Let's do it. Who knows what the Lord will do when he does this? And I heard Peter Gregg said, people who don't want to be preached at still want to be prayed for. So who knows what the Lord will do as we do this together? So let's do it. Father, I want to pray before we get into some more content that um, we would listen. And I know that's a a point that you have for us today to, to hear, to hear what it is that you're saying and what you have for us. And We want to continue in that prayerful spirit, and as we pray for people in our city, and and not just in general a a big number, but specifically people that we encounter, people whether we know them or not, we want to surround our our city in prayer uh, so that your will is accomplished, not our own. And so we offer this next time to you in Jesus' name, amen. We're in Mark chapter 4 today, and this summer we had this series called Waterside, and it was because there were just so many, and we left some stories out where Jesus, or, or there was a theme of water, but especially what Jesus was teaching around water or with water. And so this is a story where once again he's on the lake shore, and he began teaching. There's a very large crowd that soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat, and then he sat in the boat while the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. And, and just before we get into the story, the cool thing, it, it's talking about him being on the lakeshore. It's talking about people remaining on the shore. Well, actually, the same word that he's about to use for soil is the word that he used for people sitting on the shore. And so these people, as they're hearing it, they, they don't even realize they're part of an illustration. They're connected to it. And then he's going to explain it to his disciples later. And this is the story that Jesus shared, this parable. He begins, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed and he, as he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. And still other seed fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears should listen 
and understand. And so right away, I, I want to just note kind of the underlying theme that connected week one to two and two to three. In week one, it was Jonah, remember? He kind of gritted his teeth and he was frustrated that the Lord was being the Lord. He was full of mercy and compassion. He's slow to get angry and, and, the Lord, and, and Jonah's just saying to the Lord, like, didn't I say you would do this? And he's mad that the Lord is being right in his character and he's being good. And then last week we, we were seeing how that theme of the Lord's character needs to spill over to us where there's this, this Samaritan who came along and not only did he feel compassion in his heart, but he showed mercy with his hands. And the challenge is that that represents the Lord's character in a, in a, in a bodily form and that we should take that on as well. Well, there was something that we noticed there because the expert who was asking Jesus, he was trying to trap Jesus or trying to find a loophole. Remember, as Jesus said, well, how do you read the law? How do you interpret it is how he was putting it. And he said, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and, and so on. And we noticed that that was a part of a verse. He didn't share the full one. But daily, Jews would have been reciting the, the Shema, right? They, they would have been saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you must love the Lord. So he left out the first part, but, but it was implied that he would know that, and he is an expert in the law. Well, well, today, as Jesus begins and ends this story, he starts with listen, or depending on your translation, hear, as in like, I'm going to tell you this thing here, but it's not just to get the attention. It's the, it's the same word that these Jews would have had morning and evening. Day after day, they would have recited. And, it, and, and actually, the prayer would have begun with that word, and it would have been titled that word. And, and so that Shema. And so he starts with it, and then when he ends, he says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so really, the, the point today is to Listen, And so that word listen for us is not just to allow it to come in one ear and, and to go out the other, but to truly listen. And so Shema means to listen or to hear. And that's, that's really the point today. And so I want to show you Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 again in the New International Version. It's hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so this Shema, it's that first word again. It's the title of these Jewish prayers. They're offered morning and evening. And actually, it's a more complete passage. Uh, you could look up Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and then a little bit later in the, in the book, 11, 13 through 21, and also in Numbers 15, 37 through 41. So the point of this is for them to realize who the Lord is, the one that made this covenant with them, the one that brought them out of Egypt, the one that rescued them, and to remember that daily, that he is one, he's made this covenant with you, he's done all these things. And so these listeners wouldn't have yet known what Jesus was about to do for them, but we have the benefit now of understanding that. And so what we see in the very next verse is that later when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who gathered around him, they asked him what the parables meant. And this was common that he would be teaching to these big groups and here he would have been sitting in a boat and people would have been on the shore or on the soil and it would have been this kind of natural amphitheater and people actually call it the bay of the parables and we don't actually know the exact spot but there's a few spots where I've probably mentioned it 
it before where scientists have actually proven, they've gone and done tests there, that someone, yeah, they could sit on a boat just several feet out from shore, and it could be heard, and and probably thousands of people, maybe 3,000, maybe four, could hear it clearly without the use of a microphone. And so I think that's pretty cool that he was able to do that. And so again, this is now not on the lakeshore, but a little bit later on. So he He then explains to the disciples, so if we come down to verse 14, he's explaining what they first heard is that they should, that the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. It's very similar, the idea of, of hearing it in one ear and out the other. Have you ever done that? I, I mean, I'm never guilty of that, but like, I'm, I'm sure some people might be from time to time. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receiving with joy. Perhaps uh, I, I can definitely think back to uh, youth camp and things like that. I had different peers the same moment where I received Christ, where they heard it, they immediately heard it and received it with joy. But... The next verse says, but since they don't have deep roots, they they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing in God's word. I know that was the theme when we were going back to high school or back to whatever it was uh, that that those challenges could could come up. And so putting the roots down uh, deep as quickly as possible was the only way to, to, to last. And then as he's explaining in verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. I I underline worries and lure and desire, worries and lure and, and desire, and I think maybe prayerfully in our own community, uh, a city is a wonderful thing. Uh, but a city also has worries and lure and desire. And so the, the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, it's in front of us all the time. And so maybe you can be praying, not just for yourself, but for others in light of this passage. But the final verse here, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much. Is, has been planted. And so this, when they're talking about, when Jesus is explaining, uh, you know, the first several who hear, it's actually a different word than the final one. And so in the very final one, what he's getting at is that it's like a present tense, ongoing, active listening. It's, it's something where that's why that in the morning and in the evening when they start with hear, Oh, Israel, they're supposed to not just recite it, but remember. They're supposed to, in that moment, hear once again, fresh, hear. Be reminded that the Lord is one because there's a lot of lowercase gods around, and especially in their culture. And even in our own, we don't like to think of it that way, but to be reminded of, of that there's, there's one God, and we know who it is. Uh, but so easily we, we can forget and let it go in one ear and out the other. And so here, Mark really has a couple themes in his writing of this gospel is that really, and we've talked about it before, that one overarching theme is that he wants to get across the meaning of Jesus. Like, who is Jesus? What is he about? But the other involves us as well, the meaning of discipleship. What does it mean to follow this Jesus? So once you know who Jesus is, then you have to know, who am I? Am I going to be a true disciple, a follower, even when the teaching is tough? 
James R. Edwards Jr. says that hearing, receiving, and bearing fruit are the marks of a disciple of Jesus. And so when Jesus begins with listen and then ends with those who have ears to hear should hear, should listen and understand, what he's meaning is that don't just hear it, but receive it. Let that be planted within you and then bear fruit. That's evidence of the discipleship process. And what's our process here? We've talked about it from time to time with the chairs. So for instance, even if you hadn't heard it before, is that someone would start in this come and see and remember Andrew, uh, Simon Peter's brother, he was invited actually by Jesus to just come and see. And then really he went and got his brother to come and see. But then what did Jesus say to him? He said, follow me and be my disciple. But he didn't just say that. That's the moment where there's a decision made of you're not just listening and watching Jesus, but you decide, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to believe in him. And so the next step could be baptism and, and so many other things. But then it doesn't end there. Is that He actually asks us, he, he asked the disciples specifically, but even us to not just follow him, but to follow him because he's going to show us how to fish for people. Remember the fishermen around him, it was a practical use of what's your job, what, what are you going to do with your hands? Well, I'll, I'll show you what you can do. But it doesn't even end there. It's that he wants us to go and make other disciples. And, and not just that, but to produce fruit, both much fruit, but also lasting fruit. So it's not just much at one time that then would get choked out, but actually lasting fruit. That's why we're here today. Thankfully, people received this message and they produced for generation after generation, and even in this church for 128 years. And that's good news. People must come and see. We still need people to come and see. We want them to even get a picture of who Jesus is. But, but ultimately, we want, when he is prompting them and saying, follow me, don't you want that for others? Don't you want people to say, yeah, I'm going to follow you? Uh, and just not too, too long ago when we had one baptism here, one is all it takes to, to kind of awaken a fire within you to realize this is what it's all about, to see a life changed. The life is changed on the inside, but represented on the outside when someone goes under that water, sort of like a seed being buried, but then they're raised up to new life. The metaphor is not lost on us here. And so I want to talk about discipleship for a moment as, as it is um, this, this whole continuous th- thing, the, the, the present tense of that last verse, that's the one I'd like to focus on. Some have said how, well, this farmer, it seems odd that he would just scatter. It seems very uh, haphazard, doesn't it, to just, I'm just going to toss the seed everywhere. And some try to use math on this because math is brought up at the end there, a little bit at least. Some like to say, Doesn't it seem like the farmer has wasted three quarters of the seed? Doesn't it seem that way? I mean, at at least surface level, and and not to mix the metaphor there either, but it seems like the first three, it's it's simply a waste. But the last one, isn't it interesting? It's not just a percentage, but it's actually this factor of either 30 or 60 or even 100 times. Have you ever met someone... um, just an aside that I wasn't planning on mentioning, but uh, how many of us are, are connected to H.C. Wilson? So just for instance, uh, someone who, and, and there's many names I, I could list, but there, there's someone who has produced a hundred times. I mean, there's someone who not only planted a church in our district and served as a district superintendent here more than once, but even as a general superintendent, even as the head of missions worldwide for the Wesleyan Church. I think that's cool. That, that's someone who the Lord has done that work, and isn't it cool that it's someone from our own community? I think that's awesome, and so sometimes we forget 
We, we sometimes think that, oh, that's for someone down the road. But what if in Crosspoint, what if in Marysville, what if there's someone from our church who we can send off to do that once again? I'd say, praise God, let's do that. And so in our own community, God is in the habit of doing these things. And so that waste, no. I think you could say, yeah, that, that 25% all of a sudden becomes 30 times or 60 times or 100 times greater. And so it's worth it to the farmer to spread the seed because he's counting on that to produce. And so really quick, the way I'd like us to think about it, I wrote it in my Bible at the top here, is that really I think the point is to listen But again, not just in one ear and out the other, but listen and respond. Let it take root inside of you and then produce. So that is important, not just to listen and not just to respond or receive it within you, but the producing is is valuable to the disciple's life. And so this is the process at, at, at Crosspoint. I mentioned the come and see and the follow me. Follow me, I'll make you fish for people, and then go and make disciples, produce much and lasting fruit. Well, really, particularly here, is that you start by loving your king, and that's a a start in the heart where it's between you and Jesus, but it doesn't end there because you need to go public with your faith by getting baptized. And so if you haven't been baptized, let's let's do that. Let's make sure that you're you're doing that in, in response to the gospel. You're responding to the good news, which is really good news, the spiritual disciplines, as we're asking us all, if you call yourself a cross-pointer, we're challenging you. Many of you already pray, but we want to specifically, as a community, pray, and we want to cover the map that's out in that lobby. Not just the map. We want to literally go into our community, or if you're at home, pray from wherever you are. Let us know where you're praying so we can represent that. But prayer should be a normal part of your, your journey as a disciple. So if you're, if you're not in the habit of praying, I want to encourage you this month, let this be the catalyst for praying. Pray, pray for a minute. Start wherever you can, but many of you probably have calluses on your knees from praying, and so please continue to pray like that. Read your Bible. Mark it up. If you have a device that, that has the version app, the Bible app, or, or something else, it doesn't matter which one it is, but get in there and underline and read and, and let the, the word come in. Don't just read it. Listen and, and receive it. Respond to it, and then See how it's produced in you. Uh, Worship, both in these gatherings together, but also if you're going for a walk or if you're in the car. uh, How many times, I I can think there's been times where I've been in the car and had a worship song on and it was the most meaningful experience in the world. But also there's been times on on maybe a Wednesday or Thursday where I was inserting the uh, lyrics for the weekend and I was listening to the song. And, And equally, it could be private, but it could also be corporate. It could also be in the final song today. It could be a moment where it's between you and God, but also all these other believers. And it's not just I love my king, but it's I love my church because it's the bride of Christ. It's his plan and mission for the world. And so you need to love your church. And by doing that, it's joining the community Not just becoming a member, but getting connected. And that's when we take part in the Lord's Supper, which is roughly every month or month and a half or so. We want to make sure uh, that we don't forget the significance of that, but take joy in every moment that we get to do that. But also, um, whether there's a small group, an informal one, or or a formal one in the future, um, helping others to connect. So you can invite someone else in to come and see, and you can invite someone else even into your home, not just this home, but into others. You can love 
love and serve one another. We, we are in a rebuilding stage and, and there's some growth right now, uh, but to get to the next level, we, we need all of you to, to step it up. So part of loving your church is serving and, and sometimes in small ways, but sometimes in ways that require sacrifice. Uh, give generously. Um, tithing, that, that seems like a thing. Well, of course, the pastor's going to talk about that. But not that they're the same thing, but the same way that if you haven't been baptized, but you've received Christ, I want to encourage you equally to get baptized because that's your next step. And if you haven't been tithing or giving or, or, or sacrificing, you know, the Bahamas trip's coming up, even beyond what you would give here, give towards uh, that relief work, uh, that's a thing that the same way, if you haven't been doing that, I want to encourage you equally. That's your next step. If that's the next step, then please be encouraged to do that. Because we, uh, what is it, local? Is, is that what Scotty was teaching us? That we care about local, we care about this church, but we also care about our city. We care about our city, but we also care about the Bahamas. I also care about Japan. I care about what's going on in Ukraine. And so there's ways that, even small ways, that we can be generous like that. Pray for one another. So as we're going out, remember that we're praying for those within our community as well. And to, to love our city, that's the challenge this month, to pray for your city, to go out, to, to tangibly make this and represent it on a map. Uh, not, not just so we see it fill up, but to represent, no, we've covered our city in prayer. Imagine as we're starting Advent, a new season of hope and of light and of joy that we go into it realizing we, we really do love our city. And remember what I said, when you pray for God to, to change your heart, he will. And it's like, uh-oh. I'm different now, and, and so imagine what he can do within our heart, and so praying for our city is part of loving it. Also sharing your story, sharing your testimony, the way that Jesus has changed your life, but also sharing the gospel. But again, we're going to pray before we preach because I think that God has to change our own heart. Three weeks ago, the challenge that the Lord had, the way he rebuked Jonah is that Jonah was willing to preach to the city, but he didn't love the city. We want to make sure that we love the city, like really love it. And so we need God to change our heart from the inside out. We're going to partner. We're going to support local and global, of course. Uh, we're going to invite people. It's, that's not the overall point, but it is important and it's natural for us to invite people in to come and see. Not to come and see us, but to come and see Jesus. It's all about him. And so praying for others, including our enemies, that's, that's part of it. What will happen in our own heart as we were just singing? you know, for, for the Lord to, to, to bless those of us who we, we've been in those situations where it's hard. It's hard to do, but what will the Lord do in that? If we're willing to listen, if we're willing to respond, then won't he bring the produce in our, in our lives? Lord, we commit this time to you, and as we have this vision to, to love our city, we want to pray for our city. And we've started by saying, Father, may your will be done in our hearts as it is in heaven. And, and Father, we, we also want to pray collectively that would your will be done in this church as it is in heaven. And Father, we don't want to stop there. We, we want that to be true, but as we walk or drive or, or whether we're home and, and we're praying from where we're, we're seated or kneeling, that, that we would be praying for the communities that we live in, the communities that we pass, um, whether we're at at work or, or school, whether we're at the hospital or, or whether we're thinking of loved ones in hospice, we, we want to cover our city in prayer. Not the city, but the people who represent the city. And so, Father, this is something that we want you to act. We want to be willing to sacrifice our time and effort to do this, but we want to see you have your way, have your will 
in us, in our community, in our church. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.